You're muted. Unmute. Unmute. Why am I always muted, man? This is so crazy. I'm always muted, man. This is so fucking crazy, dog. But anyways, though, man, so like I was saying, though, man, I want to give a shout out to uh, today. Thank you for everybody for watching. Thank you for your time, man. If you're here, if you're watching, man, thank you for your time. If you listen later, uh, thank you for your time. Uh, we are on Spotify now, so go follow us on Spotify. Um, you can hear a lot of our interviews and be uploading this one. It's going to be one of the first ones that I upload. Well, all of them already uploaded, but this is going to be one of the first ones that I uploaded since uh, joining Spotify. So y'all going to be able to go check this out later as well. Um, before we get done with, um, and before we get started with Quan, we got my man's Quan here, you know. Uh, before we get started with him, I do want to go ahead and give a shout out to all the powerful women in the world. You know, this is the last day of Women's Month. So shout out to all the powerful women, all the women that's doing something, all the women that's holding it down. Please keep holding it down because I know y'all got a hard road as well. So thank y'all for that. Thank y'all for your encouragement. Thank y'all for the things that y'all do. Um, before Again, before we get into you, Mr. Khan, uh, how you doing, Miss London? I'm doing good. Um, how are y'all? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Mr. Khan, man, how are you doing, brother? Man, I'm doing well, man. I'm doing much better in the spiritual journey, we might say. Uh, feel like I'm walking more with the ancestors more every day. So, you know, I'm doing good, man. Fighting, keeping up the good fight, man. Fighting the good fight. Uh, Miss Londa, uh, nice to finally meet you. Um, I'm just now getting familiar with Sip and Talk over the last month. Uh, Thank you. Keep up the good work. I'm proud of I'm proud of everybody. Podcast lit. Been talking. Um, even with the shit podcast, I'm proud of everybody that's around. My guys with the shit. Yeah, you know. So um, just glad to be here. Like I say, I feel like I'm walking more with the ancestors every day, and uh, just here to fight the good fight, man. So I'm doing good. Doing good. Amen. Amen, dog. So man, um, let's go ahead and start off with the spiritual journey. You said you're doing good spiritual, so I might as well just go ahead and start off with there, man. Where you at in your spiritual journey, if you don't mind me asking? Well, first off, let me ask you, how did you get started in your spiritual journey before I ask you where you at? Well, absolutely. Uh, trials and tribulation, man. You know, uh, being a black man from the ghettos, whether you're from Akron, Ohio, whether you in Arizona, where you're New York, California, no matter where you at, it's always a struggle uh, to fight against poverty and the normal oppression of life. Uh, you know, I always and always the figure or character I am uh, I always was trying to be better, but, you know, couldn't implicate it or apply the information that I was getting. So, uh, you know, I spent a long time uh, in the streets, you know, gang banging, being a so-called hoodlum, trying to be a goon, trying to be a gangster. And after, you know, getting stabbed, almost getting kidnapped, brother going to jail for multiple decades, multiple friends dying and. Uh, you know, just beating the incarceration in the judicial system myself, facing eight years in prison and beating that case, you know, I was left with only a couple options. And I feel like we're all left with only a couple options of life. You're given multiple decisions. You have to pick A or B. And in my case, it was the streets or Buddhism. And, you know, I picked Buddhism and I haven't looked back ever since. Um, I'm not currently a Buddhist at the moment. I converted out of Buddhism. I am consider an omniist, a Sufi of the world, one who conjoins multiple religions, multiple spiritual systems into one. Uh, so that is the beginning of how everything started. Like I say, I give great applause and great credit to the system and the teachings of Buddhism to guide me along this way and bring me thus far. Uh, so to keep it in short terms, to keep it in layman's terms, 
you know, I was combating uh, the, like I say, the judicial system, the racist, the systematic system oppression that we're facing here, the streets, gang violence, uh, drug usage, and uh, Buddha was one of the great teachers that brought me to the light. So that's how we got started on the spiritual journey uh, to, you know, keep it light, to keep it short. Okay, so before we get to the Buddha, Buddhism, um, spirituality that you're into, I do want to say, man, I want to congratulate you. I want to commend you on the road that you own because, you know, I remember you. You know what I'm saying? I remember, I remember you. So, you know, we ain't even gonna throw out no names or nothing, but you know, I, I seen where you came from to where you are now. So, the people that don't know you, I would say the position that this man was in, from what I was seeing, um. A lot of people could have been heartbroken you know what i'm saying his parents a lot of other people parents um i mean i think his parents heartbroken right now man shout out dudes you know free dudes um but but uh you know uh yeah so to commend this man for what he's doing the the information that he got if y'all know him when i know him at a younger age i would have never thought that this man would have even came up with any of the things that he comes up with now, any of the ideas, the, the scientific things that he do, you would have never even expected this out of this man. So I definitely commend you personally, bro. I definitely want to say that. Um, <clears throat> so where are you at spiritually? You said you're with the Buddhism. Um, how, uh, what, what is that about? Uh, well, I was Buddhist for maybe three years, uh, 17 to 20 years old, maybe 21. And I converted out of Buddhism. I, you know, I was finding different different teachings. You know, I I was raised by my mother, who is an evangelist missionary in the Christian church. A very strong woman, very powerful woman, under the Christianity veil. Uh, you know, I don't turn a blind eye to any religion that can help anyone live a better life, even if it is oppressive oppressive ties to the religion. You know, any system that can make you live better tomorrow you know i give all credit to that so my mom was an evangelist in the christian church so i kind of already understood christianity and what it meant to be a good christian um so i had those teachings interact with my buddhist teachings early on like i say through 17 through 21 i was studying buddhism heavily uh and i still love the religion i still believe that it's one of the oldest religions i believe it's one of the oldest systems that we can use to truly be peaceful people not only blacks in america but a humane system that we can usher into the world i believe it's one of the most precious and calming systems that we have to tap into but i did after 21 i did convert out of buddhism um for many reasons one of the main reasons is that i'm a black man inside of america and living a life of peace as well but not in the urban areas you know turning the other cheek um meditating when it's time for war these will shorten your lifespan I didn't believe that we could implicate as much peace as we needed to into the life, into the traditions, into the system that we're facing here in America as black men and women. So not downplaying Buddhism, but the peace component was a big war inside myself. I knew that I still needed to keep a war mentality, fighting against the oppressive system on the so-called Caucasians, fighting against the oppressive system against the so-called ignorant or misuseful Negroes of our community. So this is when I found Islam, a more war tactic mentality type of religion or system. And once I found out that the black man is God, it kind of gave me a liberation. And this is what Islam did for me, telling me that I am a king, I am a God, and we are the, own true, the all, only chosen ones of this earth that walks this earth on the godly manner. So Islam kind of, you know, draw me back 
to my African ties. And I always had so-called black magic or Voodoo inside of me now that I run back my history or lineage. But as I found Allah, I found Africa. And as I found Africa, you know, I get to study in what religion was over there. One of the oldest religions over there was Voodoo. Voodoo is actually another word for God, another word for the system that we speak of as far as reaching so-called nirvana or enlightenment. So once I found Africa, I started to find what the true God was, which was enrooted in Voodoo and Voodoo and in and, and Hoodoo and Santeria and other systems that we have. So once I found these so-called systems or ways of life or traditions of life, it gave me a more uh, versatile understanding of what all of these religions were supposed to be placed here for. So at a certain point in time, uh, you know, my videos get everywhere. I wish I had more love here in Akron, Ohio, but I get love everywhere. And I say this to say that my videos reach New Zealand, Australia, but specifically Africa, Africa, Ghana. And once my videos reached over there, I reached out with a couple different families over there and got give my name and give my different DNA tracements and different things like that and started to really speak with people over there. To wrap it up is what I'm saying is I got to personally speak with people over from the motherland to get these voodoo ties, to get these voodoo teachings. And they coined me as a Sufi as we was going through the method. And a Sufi is just a teacher of the world, a great shaman or guru, enlightened or selected of many people of the world. So once I became a Sufi of the mind, I finally became a Sufi of the body. So if I was to say as far as if I was to practice any so-called religion or follow any spiritual path, I would say at the moment I'm an omnius, which is a collective of multiple religions, specifically me. It is Islam, Buddha, Christianity and Judaism and Vudan being the capital root base of all. Um, so I know that was long winded, but it is a long mm -hmm. journey as far as the spirituality go. And, you know, as far as religions and any system uh, it is a precious one. It takes patience. So I can tell you this, but, you know, I, I was just telling someone that we're always changing and that's how you truly evolve your DNA. So I could be a so-called omnius today, but I could also be a 100 percent voodoo priest tomorrow if nature or the universe calls me to be. Uh, so omniism gives me the versatile to, to communicate with other religions, give me the versatile to communicate with other traditions and communities and still feel a part of the same fight and in, in, in war. So, yes, sir. Yes, sir. So let me ask you this, then you um, you state that you are in the omniism, meaning that you could be a part of or you could believe in any religion or you take parts of our religion. Correct. Yes, sir. So it's, so. When you say oppressive um, religions, are we speaking more like closer to Christianity? Uh, yes, sir. Um, and this is one where I say it gets paid. You need patience with these systems. And I don't think a lot of people take patience with it. But yes, um, Christianity highly is the number one religion that have oppressed billions of people for thousands of years of time. They have used Christianity as not a system or a tradition, but more as a tool and an object to control large groups of people. And I don't only mean African-Americans or Africans in Africa, but even Vikings versus the, uh, the, the Norwegians versus the so-called true Europeans, which they would deem themselves as Russian, German, 
uh, so-called Francia, as we know, is now it's France. So with the French and the Portuguese and the Dutch, these cultures or these races of people or nationalities have used the system so much to this point where Christianity deems to be an oppressive system if not used correctly and if not not only on a pilgrimage. I always say if you're a Christian, if you're a Christian, and this is what Christians do not do, and this is why they run into the oppressive system, is you don't take pilgrimages. If Christians all over the world went back to Jerusalem, if uh, Christians all over the world went back to Israel, went back to Ethiopia, Ethiopia is one of the most Christianized places in the world, they will get the true Christianity and the oppressive system will deem out of these religions. But Judaism um, is oppressive as well, and even Islam is oppressive as well, based on the regions that you are in, based on the wars that took place in the time zones. So we just have to be very careful, and this is why I always implicate patience into religions. So, but to answer your question in, in, in the short term, yes, I am highly speaking about Christianity. Yes, sir. Well, no, I would say the reason I ask that is because, <clears throat> you know, I'm I'm having this spiritual battle within myself, you know, personally, as far as, you know, which religion is right, which one to go to, you know, like, so if I be God and I'm a Christian, is he going to say I was in the wrong religion or whatever, you know, if I'm a Muslim, is he going to say I'm wrong or however that works? So um, I definitely want to know that because I do see Christianity as an outlook, as a, as a as an out for people, you know, who feel like if they can just repent for their sins, then they're free. And it's like, so I feel like I can do whatever, you know, and then I'm free as long as I say, <laughs> forgive me or whatever, you know. And I'm like, well, it's that's that's over. Like, if you do it once, you know, maybe, but you can't keep on doing it and ask for forgiveness and thinking that's going to help you anyway. So I don't know if, you know, saying that would be a good ideology to go by, but I do see it as that because a lot of times everybody who go the Christian route ends up being in a suppressed situation, you know, um, and they always just give it all to God. Like, I'm going to just give it to God. I'm going to just give it to God. But most religions believe in themselves to do it with most likely like the power of God or the power of the universe. You know what I'm saying? Where this one, we going through God, like we just want him to do it and we just going to sit here and wait for it. So I definitely wanted to know if that's what you felt about as far as the Christianity part goes. Um, I do have a question from Ms. Uh, Belinda. Um, she asked, how did you get started in Buddhism? And I believe you said it earlier, right? You guys stated that um, it was a mixture from starting with your mother in the, uh, in the Christianity part of it. And then you moved over to Muslim, kind of found yourself as a black man. And then the Buddhism or the, excuse me, the voodoo, vo is it? Say it again, voodoo, 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 and voodoo. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. So, like, let me get let me get into that real quick. Um, to answer Miss um, Linda's question um, more thoroughly, you know, it's just a struggle, you know. And one thing is, deem on what you said about Christianity, and just to wrap this up thoroughly is that Christianity is one of the easiest religions. It does not require you to follow that book. You just It does not require you to follow a diet. It does not require you to meditate. It requires you to pray two times a day. And if you look, prayer is the lowest way you can get in contact with a God or a higher entity. It's a very easy religion. Like I say, you don't have to wear certain things. You don't have to even go to church because they tell you that gods don't dwell in buildings. So this is the combative, the people not going to church. It has become a financial scheme and it has become a comfortable illusion that gives people 
comfort in the end days of dying. And this is what you always heard. Your grandma's talking about is the last days. Your mother talking about is the end of times. And this is an illusion that this religion gives you, that if you simply repent for your sins without changing behavior or actions, without simply following, even following your own book, you can still reach heaven or enlightenment. Um, but, you know, different people like Elijah Muhammad tells us that heaven and hell is a state of the mind. And this is this breaks the shackles of Christianity and it breaks the comfortability. So the struggle, the suffering is what brought me to Buddhism. It the, the suffering and the struggle being uh, shielded, being filtered, being covered in the so-called blood of Jesus, dying for my sins and feeling like I don't have to do any work here on the earthly pain. Plane is a way to comfortably let the higher our hierarchy or the so-called elites let us get on our knees and close our eyes and pray to an invisible man while they take everything that's on our land. So it's not only a comfortability illusion, but it's also a financial tactic and an oppressive tactic. And I'm not saying that we should everyone should let it go. Shout, like I say, shout out to my mother who have brought her to a light, a, a level of enlightenment and changed her life completely. So if you are intelligent or spiritually enough to use the tactic in a correct way, you can use Christianity if you are strong enough mentally and spiritually. But the suffering and the struggle is what truly brings you to systems like uh, Islam, like Buddhism. So, uh, you know, just to wrap things up on that, we have to always deem in on the struggle and suffering when we're talking about religion. So um, I hope that, you know, sums that up. <laughs> And to get into the uh, the, the voodoo, voodoo, the voodoo zone, say it one more time. Voodoo, voodoo, to get into the voodoo, call it, real quick. Call it voodoo. It's, it's many, it's many, many different categories of this, but calling it voodoo, you we understand what you're speaking of. So, okay, so when I call it voodoo, a lot of times, you know, I've been like, you know, coming up as a child, you hear voodoo, you hear voodoo, you automatically think evil. Like that's just like the first thing that comes across your mind. And as an adult, if nobody never taught you different, nine times out of 10, you will keep that. Now I've been uh, blessed enough to have a mindset to go and research a lot of different things and not just be focused on one thing. So I did find that um, it was it was a lot of good into this spiritual realm that people go into. Um, I've heard of people turning into snakes in Africa. Now this this could be crazy. It's you know I could be I could be tripping, but I've heard of people actually like turning into like different type of animals and stuff when they go into the spirit world, you know. And um, so and I know that's a part of voodoo, and it could be definitely so. Like, what part are you into? Like, what's your part of it? If you don't mind me asking, I know that's personal, but yes, sir. Um, well, I'm part of the Ube tribe of Vudan. We believe many different things. We believe that there's many different entities and many different our hierarchy that we would call gods uh we need to understand that we all have been practicing rituals of voodoo we all have been practicing certain sacrifices voodoo is in almost every step that you can take now normally when you hear this term of voodoo the reason why it has the bad energy on it is of course that's the system of course it's the pharmaceutical companies that i will speak about in a minute but if you go back and you study slavery times and we will start at slavery you know when the slave master got sick who did he call for <laughs> practice the voodoo off in the hut that i own in the corner of the yard and she would come and she would heal him so 
a certain point in time, they believed in voodoo. They used voodoo for the benefit of thyself. And think about Christianity. Think about communion. I don't know if you ever took communion or how deep anyone is into Christianity. But communion talks about eating flesh and drinking blood. They give you bread and, and wine, but this is a this is a voodoo ritual. Eating flesh and drinking of blood, that's a ritual. That's a voodoo ritual that we have been taking. The flesh of Jesus, the blood of Jesus. Absolutely. They, the Christianities, are what I call fakers of this ritual. They don't mm -hmm. want to eat any flesh. They don't, they're not going to sacrifice one of their missionaries or their deacons of the church. And that's what they would usually do. They will find somebody who is selected, someone who is powerful, someone who we would miss truly, and they will sacrifice them in the name of our gods or the name of the sun or the name of the moon or the water. And they would eat of the body, eat of the flesh in the name of the God that they are worshiping. The mm. Christians nowadays, they want to, remember I told you it's all about comfortability. So they're going to eat the fake bread that they break off, the, the, the croutons, and they're going to drink the Welch's grape juice and mimic the system. But we have to understand and understood that no matter if you are mimicking something and so-called faking or uh, doing a replica of the ritual, you're still doing the ritual. Even I heard one time from a great entrepreneur, I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but he said that he went to a voodoo priest and the voodoo priest told him that it's very simple. And we believe in the Ute tribe that is very simple as well. Rituals can be anything. Rituals can be thinking that you, I'm going to be a millionaire. But you're not only thinking that you're going to be a millionaire every day at 7 o'clock. You're thinking you're going to be a millionaire every day at 7 o'clock and you take a bath every day. And while you're taking a bath, you're thinking, I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm going to attract the money. Money is, is manifested to me. Eventually, this will become a system of self, and you're, you have billions of trillions of blood cells, skin cells, and different organs inside your body that's all working in placement for your advancement. This is a ritual that you can place yourself inside of by just being repetitive every day. So once we start understanding what a true ritual and sacrifice is, we start understanding that Udon is intertwined in everything we do. So, you know, it's more simple. A lot of people think that it's non-stop um devil worshiping and, 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 and sacrificing animals and doing different things in which we do have a certain level of 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 the yin and the yang right we have a soul above soul below if there's good there has to be bad if there's light there has to be darkness and if there's life there has to be death so this is what we do right uh, we have a lot of different masking jars and a lot of different um, just small traits that we intertwine in on the daily um, matter. Now, if you're talking about different secret society systems, no one can, I can't sit here and explain all the rituals to you. <laughs> right. I'm right. one tribe and we believe in one spiritual system. And we're not saying that anyone else is wrong, but we're saying that one of ours is one of the oldest. And, well, no, and, and, to be, and to be clear, like, you know, I have seen, um, I don't remember her name, it was like some type of fake ritual what they did but they actually ate a body but it was made of cake like you know what i'm saying and it was still the actual same it was made of red velvet with the skin icing you know what i'm saying so when you cut it open it looks like a human but they did it as a ritual so i definitely know exactly what you're talking about when you say the mimicking of the fake rituals i mean they put it in our videos today so i know exactly what you're talking about it's just like yeah that's crazy man that's but i'm glad that you more into it of the spiritual health wise of it not to like down or destroy anybody because you can use anything 
sit down and destroy anybody. And I do think that people don't recognize that either. Like, and when you speak on, you know, how the, the Bible uses to oppress people or be used to, to manipulate people, you can go back into like a person like Jim Jones who led his whole, you know what I'm saying, people to die. Like, you know, so, and this is a Christian, this is a Christian organization, you know what I'm saying? And he led all these people to die. So I definitely know what you're talking about. It's like, it's good and bad in everything. It's good and bad in anything that you do really. So I definitely go with that. Um, Miss, Miss, Miss Lonnie, you got anything to go for you? I know you just been sitting there chilling. Yeah, I'm just listening. I don't, I don't be understanding it all, you know. Yeah. Hey, well, we're gonna talk. I mean, if you got something to say, they'll throw it in. But we're gonna go ahead, man. We didn't talk to on the on the on the on the um spiritual level, and I know everything gonna involve spiritual, so we can definitely figure out how to get that back entwined into this. But let's go ahead and move on over to health because um what you specialize in um <clears throat> is botanical science, right? Yes, sir. Okay, can you explain that for me? Uh, yes, sir. Well, it's simply put, it's just a study of all plant matter in the world, the trees, the flowers, the herbs, the vegetables, fruits, anything that has to do with a plant, if it has a healing mechanism or a use to the world, whether it's for the human anatomy or the outer world, uh, pretty much study every single genetic makeup of the plant. So it's just a study of botany. Botany is the study of plants. Uh, so, you know, I'm a, I would like to deem myself as and let me put it on record i put it on record last year but let me put it on record right now i deem myself as the next george washington carver one of the greatest black men to ever study plants i am the next one coming from akron ohio uh it's a long journey but we will make it shout out to george washington carver. So, hey hey and his story about how his mom and him got kidnapped and then the, you know all that yeah that, yeah he dope well, long journey, man. Long journey, but keep going, keep it going, though, man. Um, so yes, uh, you know, I just um love to study plants. I bring up George Richard Carpenter because I say it's a love of mine, so you know, I can't see myself doing anything else but but exactly what I'm doing now. Uh, I even tried to quit a couple of times, plants just keep calling me, so that's why <laughs> they really talk too. You're supposed to talk to your plants when you're growing them, so I, I believe it. Absolutely. Is that why mine is dying? <laughs> you don't talk to your plants. You know what? My grandma, my grandma taught me to talk to talk to the plants. Like she like the plants are living. Like she the reason I started like realizing that everything in this world is really like living, like other than the stuff that we really made. But um everything that's really in this world that's natural is really like an actual living organism. She made me start realizing that. So you know, but yeah, you gotta talk to your plants. <laughs> yeah, plants are actually very intelligent. Uh plants cry when they're being, you know, when you smell grass when somebody's cutting it, that's that's grass crying. It's laying off a pheromone. It's it's trying to tell other grass that it's being attacked, and then we should start reproducing. Um, mm. You know, you can play classical music to plants, and they will respond. Uh, it's play it on a normal frequency. They will start growing better. So it's more than just you know sunlight and water for plants. It's definitely a interactive thing. They're definitely a living organism, and they have so called. I don't like to say that they have emotions as far as comparing them to humans. But they definitely have a frequency of understanding what's going on around them. If you are a sad, depressed person, sometimes your house plans to die. If you are a sad, depressed person, sometimes you can sow seeds and they won't come up. So this is the importance of having a you know a, a relationship with the, the the not only the plants but just nature in general because it gets more than just the plants that we know of. We're speaking about the fungi kingdom as well, which is ten times more important. So 
uh, it's definitely a relationship based. And I bring up fungi because this is where we start talking about relationships and plants. You know, fungi is without fungi, we would not have anything. We would not have the plants, the animals, or we would not even be living here having oxygen. Fungus have a relationship with trees under the ground. We call it mycelium. They have a relationship and it gives off water, H2O, and nitrogen. So the fungi will find additional H2O for the trees and the trees will give the fungi nitrogen. The nitrogen fuels the mycelium under the ground and it will prolong the life of the fungi and reproduce the fungi to help other plants in the environment. So this, I bring up that to say it's definitely a relationship thing here. Plants and fungus is definitely doing its part. So we should definitely do our part is at least speaking to them and taking care of them. At least, at least not leaving the freaking can on the grass or something like you know yeah, <laughs> Hey, or be like Stanley, stay off my grass, man. You know, we gotta let it, let the grass, man, let the trees, man, for real, for real. Because I don't think people notice how much you know the plants do affect us. Like you know, it's like unless you into those type of things, I don't think people really notice because you know how the trees give off oxygen or drink, eat the what is it, eat the carbon dioxide and let off oxygen. And vice, um, you know, so and we do the opposite. So you know, what I'm saying we really working together as a team because we take in air and let out carbon dioxide, where the trees take in the carbon dioxide and let out the air. So we kind of tag teaming this thing. So you know, we should probably should respect it a little bit more. Um, we do have a question from the audience that uh, she says she want to know about more healing plants. Can you can you elaborate on some healing plants for us? Uh, absolutely. Um, there are many healing plants. I would like to say that. There are 88,000 different edible plants that we can engage in. Each of these plants have some type of healing mechanism for you if engaged in in the correct manner or put in the correct process. There are a large level of plants that are so-called deemed poisonous for us. But for the most, you can even take things like pokeberry, which is a poisonous plant, and you can use it for benefits like blood pressure and blood cholesterol. My top I would say five to just give you off the top of my head. Um, echinacea or Ignacia, depending on how you pronounce it. Echinacea is one of the flu fighters that I have actually at coffeepine.com. It's one of our main products that we have. It's a flu fighter. It's a purple cone flower. It is perennial. It comes every year. We actually grow over 200 plants of it here in our gardens. And it is one of the top influenza herbs that we have to fight against bronchitis, coughs. Blues. It was one of the most top herbs that we used during the Corona season. Added on with elderberry as well to fight against the uh, fight against the flus and different viruses and help the immune system. That we have. I will also deem in on uh, mugwort, which is great for digestion, which is great for blood cholesterol and also relaxation using with reflexology. Um, I will also deem hoarhound and burdock mixed together which is great for, like I say, uh, inflammation all throughout the body, bone health, nasoskeletal health, the respiratory system, the circulatory system. And I can sit here and talk about healing plants and herbs all day, but I want to keep in mind that every plant or every food that has a healing mechanism to it might not be the plant for you. You need to study your human anatomy. You need to study these plants thoroughly or get with a so-called botanical scientist or guru or precision or different shamans that can sit with you and tell you exactly what these botanicals will do to your body. I bring this up to say that we have all DNA genetic makeups 
and it aims heavily as far as the DNA genetic makeups of the plants as far as what we should be consuming. And I will speak about that more uh, in a minute as far as the DNA So, like I said, I know I, I went real fast through the list um, as far as herbs, which you can always, um, um, I think it was Linda who posted the comment, you can always book a free consultation at kawakukan.com where I can have uh, a, a better uh, understanding of what she is looking for, any complications she is going through, if you're able to so-called recommend or prescribe her a so-called healing regimen or target diet for her if she is very concerned about these healing plants. Um, and like I said, we can talk about the healing list all day. I'm sure I will cover more as we go along. Are these some of the things that uh, Dr. Sebi was uh, doing? Um, absolutely. Uh, I would say 60% of the list that I would ever recommend to prescribe to people, Dr. Stevie definitely spoke about and definitely prescribed to people as well. I have all love and respect for Dr. Stevie, and I like to let people know that he died in the middle of his work. And in the midst of him dying, he was reconstructing that list, and a lot of those things are outdated. But a lot of those plants he was right on with. So, yes, um, specifically burdock, mugwort, and elderberry, we spoke about a lot. What's next? All right. Um, so, you were going to speak on the pharmaceutical situation earlier? Uh, yes, sir. <clears throat> um, uh, thank you for reminding me about that. Um, this, this, is, this is what's going to fight against all of us when we start speaking about our We have to understand that the pharmaceutical company to go back to what I was saying earlier, the pharmaceutical company, once we break down the word pharmacy, pharma, pharmaceutical, pharmamakios is the one of the oldest words for this. This is words for sorcerer. This is words for conjuring. This is words for magic. If you look up right A that we know of, like CBS and Reddit, they could have spelled it R-I-G-H-T, but they spelled it R-I-T-E as in Britain. Aid, as if you look up the Latin root word for aid, this is sorcery, this is conjuring, this is magic making. Uh, so you get ritual and you get aid, as in right aid, as in ritual sorcery, ritual conjuring. And you will see the caduceus, which is on the ambulance, which is the medical serpent, which you see on ambulances. This is symbolizing the serpent, the Kundalini energy. Um, of the mind. They're targeting the third eye of people. So I want to bring up this before to say that the pharmaceutical company is nothing but voodoo, is nothing but magic, is nothing but sorcery of its own plateau that we have been gauging in rituals and sacrifices without even knowing by taking pharmaceutical drugs and over-the-counter um, pharma pharmaceuticals as well. Now, when speaking about pharma, always critical it's very deadly to speak against them and because it's very serious you need to understand that the pharmaceutical company is a billion dollar trillion dollar company every year they do not make money if you are healthy they do not make money if you are ill they need you sick they need you right in the middle so what they're going to do take a complication that is rapid in our community like syphilis once you get syphilis or gonorrhea or any type of std or similar viruses of such, 
what they're going to do is give you certain type of drugs. And I'm not going to you know any drugs because they're patent and you can't get sued for speaking against certain pharmaceutical drugs. So I'm not going to mention any brand names. They're going to give you a, a pharmaceutical drug once you get these type of viruses like STDs. And what these pharmaceutical drugs do, they don't cure you because they don't make any money if you leave out the door and don't have gonorrhea anymore. What they do is they take away the symptoms. They take away the burning. They take away the itching. They take away the, the weird urine color. They take away all the bad symptoms of these viruses, and they mask them. You still have the symptoms. You still well, you don't have the symptoms, but you still have the virus. You still have the disorder, but you're not feeling the symptoms any longer. So you're thinking that you don't have the complication any longer. This is why when you do a report, and I forget which university, but it was just a university that did the report in 2020. They did a report that they seen that. 60% of the people who are diagnosed with syphilis and gonorrhea and so-called STDs, six to seven years later, they go back to the physician and they have the STD again. And they may have only had one sexual partner over those years. What this was is six years ago when you have got gonorrhea or you got syphilis or you got one of those viruses, they never cured you from it. They took away the symptom. And now six to seven years later, that pharmaceutical drug has worn off and your symptoms have now shown themselves or revealed themselves. And now you have to go pay again for the, the, the testing. You have to pay again for the pharmaceutical drug. And this is based on people who don't have insurance because a lot of us in America don't have insurance. So this is a financial scheme that the pharmaceutical company is doing to us. And it starts in school. I'm going to release a report here soon this week about the systems of schooling, public schools, not so much in private schools. But if you remember correctly, if you went to certain public schools that had was deemed in low poverty neighborhoods, the pharmaceutical companies had licensing agreements with public schools and dental registries. These dentist office would come in and some of us remember it, some of us don't, but they gave us what we call no rinse fluoride. They came in in a little pink solution and they gave you a pink cup of something, a sugary substance, and you had to drink the substance and it was a fluoride and they told you it would make your teeth better they said it was a oral um experiment that they were doing and they gave us this for years ever since the 80s i believe through the late 90s they were giving public school uh, uh public school students there's no rinse i'm sorry uh not rinse that's n-a-r-n-n-f-r-i-n-s-e this pink solution fluoride and what this fluoride was initially doing was fluoride does strengthen the the pro enamel of the teeth, but what it really does is target the pituitary gland and the pineal gland of the mind. And once the pineal gland and the pituitary gland is calcified, the medulla umbilicata and the pons of the cranium does not work as, as well on a higher frequency. And you start to understand things a little less. Your comprehension level goes down. Your your your, your enlightened levels on a spiritual level gets decreased. So the pharmaceutical companies have their hands in everything. And, you know, we can speak about this heavily, but you know, definitely want to speak about how they are intertwined in public schools because that's when it starts. That's when they start um, um, decreasing your health from a young infant stage or a young adolescent stage. So the pharmaceutical <clears throat> very, very... Right. And there's nobody there to be like, no, don't drink that. You shouldn't be drinking that. We ain't got to get that to them because nine times out of ten, we got work eight hours of our day right. in life. Man, it's a cold game. Because I do remember that. 
Yes, yes. A lot of people don't, but a lot of people do remember that, that pink substance that he used to give us. He used to come in a little cup. Or it was a pink pill, too. A little pink pill. Yeah, yeah, it was. And it came, I remember the package the pink pills came from. It came in this little, it almost looked like a birth control package. Yeah. What? I, don't, I don't know if I remember that, man. Damn. Yeah, well, I might have got that in school. Um, it's uh, not friends. My friends, man. Not French chloride. Look up the pink, the pink substance they give the elementary school students. Um, started in the eighties. And like I say, I will. If you don't look it up, you don't have to worry. Follow my pages, subscribe to my pages. I'm going to be linking a whole document report against this substance because I think they're trying to bring it back. So we're going to definitely try to figure out how to combat it. Like that. And Miss Miss Belinda had a question for you. She wanted to know what um. What's some of the best plants to keep in your house? Some of the best plants to keep in the home, as in house plants. Well, the home, yes, in the home. Um, aloe vera, bamboo, all succulents, uh, ZZ Zamphocius plants, uh, cactus plants, all cacti is great. Cactus have a relationship with other plants and they act as a motivator to other plants. So if you have one or two plants that are struggling, you can get a cactus plant, and people lie, a lot of people don't believe it, but I heavily believe it studying these plants, that cactus, this is why they are so strong, right? They, they live on less water, they live in harsh conditions. Some of cac cactus plants are some of the OGs of the plants. So if you put a cactus plant around your other house plants, they give them a pep talk, they give them a motivational speech. Tell them that, that, that they can have more life and keep going. So if you have any house plants, you should probably deem a succulent or a cactus plant, and you will see abundance of growth or a different echelonge in the airflow because plants clean the air in the home. So keep it simple. Succulents, this uh, includes aloe vera plants, ZZ Amphocius plants, money trees. Like I say, um, all succulents and all cacti is great. Um, rubber plants, bamboo. Banana trees inside the home is great. Um, and it's a long list of house plants uh, that's very simple. Uh, wandering Jews as well is easy to grow. Uh, and you should also try to even be in growing vines in the plant in the house. This can be a moringa tree that grows into, if you, you can teach moringa trees to curve over doorways and it's smart enough to also produce food for you. You can take the bark and mix it into a tincture and also have own health remedies with plants like moringa right like i say to go against vines you can even have an elderberry vine inside your home and this could be deemed as uh you know to replace different cough syrups and different things like that so i've seen somebody make some cough syrup with some elderberry like some homemade cough syrup it'll get fired too yeah, yeah, she did something with it yeah so um before we go ahead and get off of that topic i want to uh just uh elaborate a little bit more on when you were speaking on the pharmaceutical companies because like you said with them not caring you is to keep you around i definitely had a few people around me in my life that you know um they went into the hospital for one thing and then became addicted to a certain drug like it in morphine whatever it was they was prescribing them they came they became addicted to it and it's like 
oh, I need it, I need it, I need it. So they're constantly going to the doctor to keep on getting this pill because it's making them feel better, but obviously it's not helping you. But a lot of times you don't even care if it's helping them as long as it's making them feel better. Because if it's making me feel better, then it's helping me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It really is. So it's like it's really making you addictive because once you try and wing off of it, when you start seeing some weird stuff go on, man, you start seeing weird stuff going on with the people you love over this drug, and it's like, damn, y'all killing us like that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Y'all know we don't got the money or the 40. So now you got this person begging me for a couple of dollars to help you get this just so you can feel good. And it's still not even helping you. So we ain't getting nowhere. Y'all just like got all kinds of ways that y'all can shoot us with these little arrows and shit, man. It's crazy, man. Yeah, and it's definitely um it was definitely a scheme. Uh you know, as we look up pharmaceutical companies, some of the oldest pharmaceutical companies that's out there, if we look up the origins or we look up how these foundations have got started, you will find people named Carnegie, you will find the Rockefellers. And what they were doing, this is around the 1800s. This is around the earth, I would say, at the latest, 1925, go you know, back to the 1800s. What they were doing, where they were finding witch doctors, they were finding naturopathic doctors, homeopathic doctors, and they were killing us. They were killing us before they even started pharmaceutical drugs because they knew what was to come. By the time of... 1925, over 60,000 homeopathic doctors and natural naturopathic doctors were either incarcerated or without jobs or kidnapped and never saw again. And we have to understand that these patents come through petrochemicals. Petrochemicals is what's being used on the basis of these pharmaceutical drugs. So what they will do, take sugar as an example. People always talk about how sugar is one molecule away from cocaine. It is sure to be seen as a drug. Sugar has 56 different names of it. The sugar that we know of, the white grainy substance, that's only one of them. And that can only be named sugar. You have fructose, glucose, fructose, glucose, and a whole bunch of other toasts that you have. They're all one molecule different from each other. But they are sweeteners, and they are the same substance that works against us. Because you can for sure be addicted to sugar. You can definitely yeah. be addicted to any white substance, baking soda, flour, salt, sugar, any white substance needs to be a state needs to be prevented, uh, stayed away from, unless you are literally healing a wound or healing a disorder that can kill you at a rapid speed. But we have to understand that these monopolies. They came in 18, 1869. They came in 1925. Like I say, you find the name Rockefeller. You find Carnegie. And once we start looking these people up, we start understanding that they had no type of understanding of what was going on. And I say that to say these were salesmen. These were Carnegie is part of the top 10. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Carnegie is part of the top 10 with Rockefeller and all the other guys. Yes, sir. It's one of the families that's running. Right, one of the families. Okay, I got you. I'm yes, with you. Where are you at? Um, that's a whole nother story, though. We'll confuse everybody. I deem anyone who is looking at this to look up Carnegie, to look up Rockefeller, and to look up what they were doing early times with the pharmaceutical companies, it would blow your mind of the, the, the just the simple conversations they had of looking at us as test experiments. Not under, understanding what these stuff 
doing. And we see it now today with Corona. They had no type of time to study those those shots. They had no type of time to study that so-called medication. And what did they do? They got in those labs. They tossed a couple things together based on old, outdated information. They put a patent on it, and then they found a way to package it. Before they even found a way to seal the package, it was in our doctor's office. So we have to understand that it's all about monopoly. It's all about controlling. They understand that, your teeth, that you have 32 teeth. And those 32 teeth eventually in your lifetime will give you a complication. Someone is sitting back figuring out how can they get a dollar off of each tooth. So we have to understand that. You know, that this is, they look at you as a price tag. If they're not going to kidnap you and steal your organs and sell you and sell you off, they have to figure out how they can get the money while you own your organs. If they can't, if they can't kidnap Absolutely. you and steal your organs. Absolutely. And we go back to one of the first patent uh, medications ever was chloral. Uh, chloral was a sedative that they were giving people. This sedative was to cure anxiety. It was to help midwives and, and, and home wives deal with, with pressures of depression and all of this. But what, once you look up chloral, um, what it is, is not only a sedative, but it's a hypnotic sedative. So it puts the mind in an illusional state. So once this person would get on this medication, they would nine times out of ten go see their physician who was acting as a therapist, and the therapist would tell you to eat certain things, to eat a certain diet, to, to, to take care of the home in a certain way, to treat your husband a certain way, to not work certain jobs, to, to teach your kids certain things. And as you take these medications, you get into some type of psychological hypnotic veil and this is how you're easily controlled. So people can look that up. It's C-H-L-O-R-A-L. And it is, um, a, like I say, it's a hypnotic sedative medication from, I believe, 1869, one of the first medications that they had as far as the pharmaceutical So if you look up that, you can be able to understand that no other medication after had any type of true benefit for us. And we can also look up the airmen and that they had syphilis and how they injected them with syphilis and saying that they were curing other diseases and then they experimented on the most of the next 20 to 50 years. So the pharmaceutical companies have their hand in everything. You okay. definitely need to keep track of it. And this is the important, I'll only deem it so long on it because this is the importance of eating right now because if we eat right now and we take the, the, the herbs that we have in placement, we can stop seeing the doctors for we can stop seeing the physicians no more. So um, definitely keep in mind the pharmaceutical companies. Plus, plus these they part they partners with the people who clearing all these foods that's okay to eat. You know, so it's like yeah. they definitely making sure that we they keep us in the in the ring. Um, <clears throat> I also speak on you have stated what was it? Kind of lost my train of thought. What was it? You have stated with like okay the pharmaceutical companies they are they they basically keep us in the transmitting the money the way they're getting the money off of us and the way they keep on keeping us in the circle to keep on getting these dollars off of us for every every little thing like you said a dollar per tooth and like i know for a fact like it's gonna be like for even getting your wisdom tooth taken out if you don't have um insurance it's like what 200 or something like that i think i paid like 200 to get my wisdoms and then that was for each one like you know what i'm saying so um I definitely like damn 202, 232. Like, shit, like, you know what I'm saying? And that's just one person, like, you know, so 
I'm definitely understand that. Um, but let's go ahead and um see how all of this, how did all of this tie into you coming up with your business, man? You have a business, right? Well, I'm sorry, can you repeat that? I said you have a business, correct? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I have one. So how so how do health and spirituality tie into your business? Um, you know, just the art of everything, honestly. Um, and the, and the information, you know, studying all of this that we have spoken about thus far, you know, watching documentaries of what was really going on inside of manufacturing companies and producing companies and USDA and different FDA companies, different things like that. After studying so much, um, you know, an old woman told me one time, it's like, if you knew Jesus was in Israel, would you not go to Israel to experience that existence? And what she was trying to tell me is that once you learn something like this, you have to follow suit or you are penalized even more. This is where ignorance and bliss comes into manner. Um, you know, just studying, just reading and studying and finding this information, I could no longer live my life the way I was living. And so as I transitioned my life and started to feel better, started to think better, started to transition to a higher level, I want people around me to kind of, you know, follow suit. Maybe you didn't have to be vegan, but I didn't start off vegan. I started off pescatarian, vegetarian, being with the vegan, you know, so, and, and it's a hard battle with the body. So I wanted to try to create a system or organization or just do my part on the fight towards better health of living, specifically with the African-American community, but all over the world. Like I say, my videos go globally, so I want to speak to anyone and everyone who is willing to transition their way of living or their way of life, not thinking about what was on the plate and try to transition um, into the lifestyle or apply it to the lifestyle. And once I've started doing that, I start to get an understanding of consumption. And this goes to um, one of my major models or one of my major things, which is the three stages um, of consumption, which I have a book being released here in May 30th, the three stages of consumption digestion health uh, will be released. And with the, with the digestion guide that speaks about the three times that we should be consuming foods and asking how to conduct yourself after you consume food. Because that's what health is about. You know? It's about what's on the plate, but not only what's on the plate, but it's how you are engaging it, right? So the three stages of health or the three stages of consumption, excuse me, we have stimulation, we have assimilation, we have elimination. These three stages, no matter what you are eating, if you want, everyone should be staying away from bread meat. But even if you are eating animals, I love my steak, man. <laughs> a lot of people do, but I can I can prove to you in a small moment that you don't love the steak. Mm. Uh, but you know, the what I'm getting at is even if you are eating the steak, brother, you do it on a certain frequency or find a certain pattern to your digestive system, and you can still look healthier than the average person who is eating steak. So, like I said, we have the stimulation, we have the assimilation, and we have the elimination. The stimulation is 12 p.m. to 3 p.m. You should not eat your first meal to 12 p.m. This is the afternoon time. Anywhere between this, you need to be eating the heavier meal of the day, the steak or whatever you're going to eat that's going to be heavier. The next stage we have is the assimilation period. This is 3 o'clock, after 3 o'clock to 7 p.m. This is, you can kind of eat a heavier meal, but you need to eat 
things, um, excuse me, um, excuse me, excuse all of that. The first stage is 12 to 3, which is the stimulation period. You need to eat the fruit. This is the cleansing of the body. This is preparing the enzymes, the digestive enzymes in the gut to the tongue to get ready to digest the heavier meal, which is at the assimilation period, which, like I say, is 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. This is when you are most active, when you're moving around the most so you can burn off more of that fat, so you can burn off more of those calories and you're not sitting on your meal. That gives it time to digest in the elimination period, which is 7 p.m. to 9 p.m., but I don't deem to 9 p.m. I just say you should stop eating food at 9, but this is all the way through the night. This elimination period takes place. But this period is when the body is eliminating all the waste, so you're not going to sleep on a heavy stomach. So you don't have all of that so-called rotten flesh or decaying food inside your body as you go to sleep. This is why people sometimes wake up in the middle of the night with stomach aches, why people wake up early in the early in the morning with bad breath and wake up bloated and wake up heavier and feeling sluggish is because they ate too heavy or at the wrong times. So if you can get the three stages of consumption onto a frequency, we can eventually figure out how to become healthier people, even if we're not eating 100% fruits and vegetables. So this is something important to remember and I, I found this information and I so-called executed this information, not only into my life, but into my teaching. People with target diets was because it's not only about a frequency, okay? It's not only about what you are eating. We have to understand that everybody has a DNA genetic makeup. And these DNA genetic makeups is why we are unhealthy. We're not following the African genome. This is the, I'm speaking to the African American, the African in America. We are not eating based off our DNA genetic makeup. If you look up the 1800s or the early 1900s, when Asians came over to America, they brought their diet with them. When Indians from India come over to America, they bring their diet with them. Jamaicans do the same thing nowadays. The Europeans do the same thing. What we did is our boat ride was different. We didn't have any cookbooks and those recipes on those boat rides when we came over here. So we ate whatever we could. And by whatever we could, we ate by whoever we was around. Whoever we was around was the European. <laughs> we started engaging in the European diet. We started drinking milk when milk is a growth hormone and we don't need it that much. We don't we don't we don't need it at all. We don't need a we don't need milk from any other animal at all. Once you stop breastfeeding from your mother, you don't need to engage in any milk. Dairy products, if it's not a fermented dairy product that uses lactobacilli, a great good bacteria, you don't need to engage in dairy products. The, the white bread, before we got with the Europeans, we were eating things like rye and sourdough and wheat to be the last one. When we got with the Europeans, we started eating things like white flour, and that was in the bread. We didn't cook the bread as much. So I like to bring up the culture. I like to bring up the history of it. I like to bring up the DNA because it's genetic, right? And at Coopicon.com, we offer DNA genetic anal um, analysts, right? You send in your DNA to us, we send it to a genoplate lab that we are partnered up with. They do tests on your DNA if you are part of Ancestry.com already or you get 23andMe already. It's a little bit cheaper for you because they already have your DNA in the bank and they compare it. But you're sending your DNA, they can test your DNA, we find out exactly what time you should be eating, 
what fruits work better for you, what vegetables work better for you, what sugar or starch or proteins you should stay away from, and how to calculate your exercises, how to calculate your yoga, and other extra, uh, and other um, expertise of the body based on your DNA genetic makeup too. And like I said, you can find that at quaffeycon.com. But this is based on the target diet. And once you do the DNA genetic makeup, we send you all this. We send you a report insight based on your blood work. We send you an um, insight based on your, your skin cells and every single detail if that matters as far as consuming food. And we also send you a diet list with a long list of herbs, a long list of fruit, and a long list of vegetables that can help you based strictly off of your DNA. Not no Dr. Sidney list, not no Dr. Africa teachings. This is simply based off you personally. So this is where I was you know, eventually trying to get at, and this is what I'm going to be unleashing more this year, is the DNA genetic makeup, and not only the tentacles, but also the human so, and that's uh, all, And that's all from your business. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. At coffeecon.com, you can find a little bit of everything. I got a tag at the bottom, too, right there. Yes, sir. And if anyone, you know, watching this or, or now or later, you know, wants to speak about anything I spoke about, like I said, at quantumkind.com, we do have free 25-minute consultation where we can, where you can speak about any disorder or complication you are having. We, me or assistant will listen. Usually it will be me because I like to get a personal standpoint with you guys because I'm the one who is studying consecutively. So uh, I will take the time to listen to any history complication you have, the modern-day complication you have, and we will figure this out, you know. So, um, like I say, it's free for 25 minute consultations at coffeecon.com. That's always available for anybody. If you do deem a little bit longer time, we do have 25 dollars 45 minute consultations for anyone who is confused about any of this because it is a confusing matter and it is a hidden uh, agenda to make sure you guys don't receive this. So, yes, sir. And not to mention, y'all just got like a little bit of free hour hour consultation, you know, just watching this, you know. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Nah, I don't, I don't mind at all. So. Man, man, thank you for that, man. I miss not you got anything? No. No, she was sitting here chilling the whole time, just watching, man. Dog. Well, it's all good. I, I, I appreciate her presence. We needed that, right? We need the balance. That's what the Africans was always about, right? It was always about balance. We need we always needed an African goddess present. Just to get out of line, she can line us back up and get us back. Up. <laughs> we always need an African goddess in the room. Even if she just spectating, feeling the vibe, or lighting candles for us, we always need them around, you know. So got to, bro. So thank you, thank you for even showing up. Thank you. For You're welcome. Time. Man, well, one more time, man. Let the people know where they can find you at, man, before we get up out of here. Absolutely, man. It's coffeecon.com. You can get free consultation here. You can get the DNA genetic um, reports there. You can get all herbs that I spoke about there. And also on all platforms on Instagram. We would love more followers on Instagram. We would love more subscribers on YouTube. We get a lot of love on Facebook. We have a large, thousands of family on Facebook that just love support. You can always use like some shares there. Any support that you give us, whether it's just a simple email or a direct message, telling me to keep going. We appreciate all support. Like I say, you can reach us at walkingtime.com for the consultations, or you can email us personally at honeyin700gmail.com. 
grandmother and how, how she dealt with a complication. You want to talk about your auntie and, and how she mistreated it. Any consultation, this is a therapeutic thing that we're dealing with. This is a spiritual thing we're dealing with. And we have to understand that maybe we're not eating right because we're dealing with spiritual damage, emotional damage, and, and internal battles. So it could all start with one conversation, and that's why I offered the consultation and is leaving on it so much. So thank 25 you. 25 minutes is about to get out, too. Thank you, everyone who tuned in. Thank you the, the opportunity in general. I look forward to even being on here again. I look forward yeah, for to sure. I got more for you. Before you go, matter of fact, before you go, I got one more question for you. But, yeah, I want to get deeper with you on some other stuff. So, man, I'm going to definitely bring you back, bro. Um, but real quick, I got one more question for you, man. It might be a funny question, man. But am I wasting my time paying attention to the end, Yunaki? Um, no, I don't. I don't think you're wasting your time. I don't ever tell anyone that they are wasting their time when it comes to the I personally, and this is just what I personally believe at the moment, I've done a lot of research on the brother Yaku. That's Y-A-K-U-D. Yaku was a big head. They really had the big cranium. They had a real large head. They didn't have bigger brain space than we had. They lived up to 700, 800 years old back then. They talk about that they didn't have to eat, they didn't have to sleep. They had a telekinesis almost um, communication with each other. I believe heavily in the science or the evidence that Yakub exists. Yakub is what we know of, of Jacob in the Bible. Back during the Bible, they did not have the letter J. This is why they say the name is Jesus, other than Jesus. Jacob, if this is true, then the J's would not exist. So Jacob's name would be Yakub. A cool from somewhere along that pronunciation. So Plus, let's not forget Noah was like 900 years old, but he was they say he was over, he was very tall. He was <laughs> how tall he was, I don't want to be wrong, but he was real, he was a giant almost. And you know, I'm not big on the so-called fairy tales of the Bible, but I do believe there are certain plateaus that we used to be supposing beings. Or if we what are chosen, there were chosen beings of the world. So to get back to what you're saying about the Anunnaki, I don't 100% know of all of the tales and stories that the Anunnaki is true. If all the wars that's going on with the Anunnaki today is true. But I do believe that you could walk the earth at a point in time of the world. No matter if you had the big head, no matter if he was a mad scientist, like they say, but they say this man existed, he was uh, responsible for creating uh, what we know as Caucasians, the white man, he spliced them between the Arabic man and the Chinese man, and he got the white man. Yeah, that's why they said they had genetic experiment. He stayed in the European mountains of Caucasus, and that's how we get the name Caucasian. And he said that he abandoned, he had made a mistake. He was a mad scientist, he made a mistake, he created a beast. That beast is what we know of cavemen. That caveman is Neanderthal. That Neanderthal is what we know them hunt day and night. They have TV shows of them hunting who? The Bigfoot. What is the Bigfoot? The Bigfoot is the Yeti. What is the Yeti? The Yeti is the um, the uh, Sasquatch. What is the Sasquatch? The Sasquatch is the Neanderthal. What is the Neanderthal? The Neanderthal is the oldest version of the Caucasian. So with this information, I deem that Yaku existed, and I believe it 
at this moment, with the information that I have up to date and up to this point, I believe that Yakub is with you. So if I believe in Yakub, I have to believe in the Anunnaki system because he was one of the greatest founders, if not greatest leaders, that ever was. So you so you wouldn't say so you wouldn't say that it's a hundred percent real, but you do believe that they got something. You you do believe you believe in it. You wouldn't say you would you would tell people to go and look at it or research it or do all this, but you do got some form of belief in what's going on, though, huh? Yes, uh, I I have to believe that there are so-called extraterrestrial beings of the world. I have to believe. I mean, if you believe in God, you have to really. I mean, absolutely. Because what are we doing? We're, we're using a Europeanized, fearful ideology of what an alien is. Of course, the people who is running America and Europe, and we're just going to say the Caucasian, of course, the higher elites of the world would be scared of an extraterrestrial being who has advanced weapons and advanced technology. So, of course, they would make try to make the rest of us believe. That is a demonic veil. That is an enemy of the state. So, you know, I believe that there are aliens here in the world that we can't even see. We have a whole galaxy on our hand right now. We just call it bacteria. That has a whole life. You know, bacteria can burp. Germs inside of your body. It can burp. Germs inside of your body can sleep. Germs inside of your body can use the bathroom. To communicate with each other. And if these germs are intelligent and have a life that can reproduce, and that can use the bathroom and go to sleep, that's a whole existence, a whole level of uh, uh, entity that we have to deem as an extraterrestrial on a certain plateau. It's just you have to. with us that's still naked to the eye. So, you know, small microscopes to giants. I believe that there's something else. And as I say, of today, I am not sure what it could be, what name we need to throw to, to, to title this entity or energy but we are not the greatest i know that for a fact um and who knows i'm very excited to see what, what the future holds as far as this new information. man big facts when i always said i always said like we, we we really not too much different from a virus like just like a virus it, it lands it spreads that's what the hell we do like, you know what i'm saying we really not that much different so it multiplies until something kills it off so we really not that much different so it probably is something bigger than what we know, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm pretty sure the smallest virus ain't gonna be like, oh, that's Boomer, like, you know what I'm saying? That's don't even know about me, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, so, um, yeah, but um, again, I wanna thank you for coming on the show, bro. Miss Londa, I definitely wanna thank you for spending your time with me, man. Everybody who watch, you know, and listen, um, I wanna thank y'all for your time. We do know time is precious and valuable, so I thank y'all for your time as well. Again, like I said, we are now on Spotify, man. I'm so happy for that, man. So we on Spotify. You can go ahead and uh, check us out on there, man. We'll be on some other platforms soon here. But again, thank you guys, man. Whatever day you're going through, don't forget, keep your head up and keep moving, man. Y'all have a wonderful night. You have a good night. Thank you.